Welcome to the Corporate Coven Podcast, a show where we will co-create the future of work in the age of Aquarius, using contemplative career practices and holistic human resources. I'm your host, Jessica Munson, aka That Witch From Work. What's up, witches? I am coming to you live from the broom closet. And today I am going to share what is professional alchemy. Now, alchemy is a word that I started using with my own branding and then it became super huge in the world of HR. The organization HRCI actually started using like alchemize HR as their taglines and you start to see this word come up in the more like muggle spaces or the more commonplace spaces. But for me, professional alchemy is something that I have been working on since really, I mean, 2015, when I started my master's program studying career counseling and career development, as well as formalizing my position in human resources, while at the same time, starting to really solidify my education and professional offerings in astrology, tarot, later I added Reiki, um, practices in mindfulness and meditation. And so for me, professional alchemy is really this, this combination of what is seemingly mundane or more grounded, um, quote unquote, professional, you know, what is accepted in a corporate environment with this idea of mysticism and occult practices, as well as spirituality. And actually I wrote and published an ebook. It's available for purchase on my website. I wrote the ebook initially because it was the outline of a coaching program that I had intended on offering. Right now, at the date that this podcast episode is airing, I'm not formally offering any uh, long-term coaching services. You can work with me one-on-one, but I'm starting to get a lot of requests actually for combining a lot of my offerings into a full-on coaching program. So if that's interesting to you, let me know, connect with me. You can find me on LinkedIn, TikTok. Instagram, and I am very rarely on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter as well. So this episode, what I'm going to talk about today is professional alchemy, and I'm going to kind of walk you through the pillars that I outlined in my ebook and potentially will be offered through a formal coaching program. And before I get too far into it, I want to clearly state that the idea of people being happy at work or finding fulfillment through work and vocation is something that is really easy to get triggered by or frustrated by or turned off by because you're missing a lot of context. And a lot of times when you speak specifically to career planning and career development, you're putting a lot of ownership and um, responsibility on the job candidate, actually on the individual. And the challenge with that is, and this is why I love my work in human resources, is that the employer has obligations as well, right? I mean, unless you are an entrepreneur and then you are both the employee and the employer. But for the vast majority of people in the world of work, you're coming from the employee perspective. And so I want to be very clear at the very beginning of this that what I'm about to talk about in these four pillars of responsibility is specific to what aligns with the employee or with the job candidate. This is not addressing those things which your employer is responsible for. Um, So first 
thing, you know, also we want to recognize what is in your control and what is outside of your control. I tried really hard to really write this book and come from the perspective of I want to offer feedback and I want to give guidance and insight, but I really want to do it in an impactful way. How can I help people get from where they're at right now and find greater alignment with what they desire to be doing, what their heart is calling for, what their soul feels like its purpose is. Um, But you have to be able to first recognize that you have uh, control in situations and that you have choice, which is why I refer to the pillars as the four responsibilities. Um, These are the things that you are responsible for because they are in fact in your control um, and they are things that you have the greatest influence over. You know, a quote that I have in here is that it's from Rumi. When you do things from your soul, you feel a river moving in you, a joy. And that's really how I think about career and vocation. If you are constantly doing things from this place of external motivation, then it's going to be increasingly difficult to find that joy. And, you know, if you think about a river, it flows. And this is a a popular phrase that was coined in positive psychology. I'm about to butcher his name, um, um, but it's uh, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. <laughs> I'm not even going to try, um, but he has a lot of work about flow. Um, and, and you, know, you got to look this up. If you just like put like flow psychologist in your search engine, then you will find the person that I'm talking about. But I studied his work in uh, my undergraduate degree when I was studying positive psychology and this idea of flow that when you are when you are aligned with your strengths when you're doing what you feel passionate about um, and when you do things from your soul right from this internal place of motivation then you find this joy and so again we're going to go through it we're going to talk about the four responsibilities and the pillars of career development that are within your control and will help you come from that place of your soul so that you can find joy So your first responsibility, understand who you are and what you need. So it's kind of a two part, but it's really the first step. And this is where so many people spend time, but they don't know how to apply it. Uh, So let's break this down because this is actually for me, this is where a lot of the fun comes in with career development. And this is where you find so many people can spout off what their MBTI preferences are. Oh, I'm an INFJ or something like that. That's a really common one that people tend to get. Um, Or, you know, I know that I am introverted or extroverted. If you are into your Enneagram, then you know that you are a type two or a type eight or a type three or something like that. Uh, Human design is one of the more popular ones right now. And of course, for me, I love to use astrology. You know, what are your big three? What's your sun sign? The reason why you have to start here is because you need to develop an awareness of yourself. When we are children, we have, you know, ourself, but we don't have an awareness of it. It's not until we start to recognize the other and we really move into, you know, the quote unquote Gemini phase of our life where we start to recognize other people around us. And we use our friends, we use our siblings, we use our peer group and our immediate community to explore our own sense of identity. We start trying things on. I heard someone speak this way, so I started speaking this way. I saw someone wear this thing, so I started wearing this thing. And this is why a lot of advertising actually is, uh, a lot of marketing efforts are directed towards children because they are very impressionable in the sense that they're exploring their identity and they want to try it on. They want to try on these different 
personalities and character traits. And when they do that, they get a sense of who they actually are through this kind of dress up experience. But that also kind of confuses us a bit as well, doesn't it? Because um, if we are trying a personality trait on uh, and all of a sudden we are receiving feedback from our external environment, typically authority figures or friends, then that influences our commitment to that character trait that we might just be trying on. Whereas if you have a, a personality preference or trait that is truly authentic to you and you receive feedback about it, whether it is supportive or non-supportive or indifferent, that feedback is going to influence your confidence in holding on to that trait and moving forward with it. And so this is usually between ages like five and seven, where we're still very like malleable and we're still trying things on. But as we start getting feedback around us, we're starting to try to uh, cement or try to adopt in a more permanent way these qualities and our characteristics. And then we go throughout our life consistently receiving feedback from people around us on whether or not this was a positive thing or a negative thing, or did they like me or did they not like me? Did it serve me? Um, or did it work against me? And, you know, we, we figure this out and then all of a sudden we're adults and we have no idea really who we are. We might have, you know, instincts. We might have some pieces of ourselves which we feel really confident about. Or we have found communities and we actually see ourselves in a reflection of the community which we are a part of. But it's still really hard to have the sense of self with understanding of how to now apply that. I had this experience in 2020. I was one of the people that invested in business coaching. There was this adorable girl boss um, that I, you know, was really excited about working with. And I remember at the beginning of the coaching session, um, actually before we even like began, she sent me the 16 personalities assessment, which is a free watered down version of the Myers-Briggs type indicator, the MBTI. And I actually recommend this. I list this as a resource in my ebook and this is something that if you're not going to pay for the formal MBTI then this is a really great substitute and you get your MBTI preferences and I was stoked when I saw that she incorporated this in her coaching program because I used MBTI quite a bit in my master's program and I actually taught university students how to understand their preferences and apply it to their job search so when I saw that she used MBTI I was over the moon and she asked for my preferences and then we never talked about it again. And I feel like this is pretty common. You find these free assessments online. You know what your Holland code is or your RISEC code. You know what your strong interest inventory code is. You know what your natal chart is. You know your Enneagram, your MBTI, your human design. There are so many of them, your disc. There are so many assessments these days, but you don't know what to do with it. What does it mean? Now that I have this information, how the hell am I supposed to apply this? So step one is recognizing who you are, but it is not complete until you figure out how to translate that to other people or how to apply that knowledge of yourself into a career context, into a career environment or development plan. And that's a lot of what I'm starting to offer with my coaching clients. You've heard me talk about this in my pilot episode. I'm pushing this pretty hard right now in the corporate coven community is that I am offering uh, strengths in the natal chart offerings where I talk about not only what are your top five strengths as identified through the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, how do those show up for you or where are those gifted to you through your natal chart, 
But now let's come up with an actual development plan. Now that you know this about yourself, what the hell are you supposed to do with it, right? Well, this is something that I help my clients with is figuring out now that you have this language, how do you use it to communicate your needs and your values to other people? Values is actually and could be its own separate pillar in this, but it just seems to concurrently like fit into you know, the first responsibility, understanding who you are and what you need. The values are really like, what are your non-negotiables? When you're going to an employer and you're reading over the perks and benefits, what are the ones that you absolutely have to have to not only sustain your life, but to feel fulfilled in some way? This is actually a practice. I have the... uh Richard Nodell uh, developed a values card sort, and this is something that I was exposed to in my master's program studying career development at Colorado State University. But because I'm a tarot reader, I'm all about shufflemancy. I'm all about using cards as a way to creatively paint a picture and tell a story of an experience and an environment. So I actually combine my value uh, cards with my tarot decks or my oracle cards when I work with clients. And this is a super fun kind of creative way to get insight into what your values are. You can also look at your second house in your natal chart to get a little bit more insight to this as well as the ruler of your second house. But this is really pillar number one. This is the first thing that you need to do. You need to know who you are and what you need. If you are consistently going from job to job, but you haven't taken the time to really figure this out and figure it out well, then you are spinning your wheels and you're wasting your time because you're actually, this is the moment where you identify what is an intrinsic motivator versus what is an external motivator. What do I need? Because it's, it's coming from my soul versus what do I think I need because it's what everyone's talking about on LinkedIn. It's what, you know, uh, the influencers of my generation are saying is most important remote work. I'm looking at you. Um, and, and this is also what, you know, mom and dad said that we should be doing or our university counselor said that we should pursue after graduation. So this is really like step number one. You have to get this done. And I recommend a few different tools and resources in the book and I've mentioned a few of them already here, you know, ones that I really love and I find a lot of value in is the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. And this is an assessment that I require my clients to take when we do the strengths in the needle chart sessions. Um, I also really love the RISEC code, you know, John Holland's RISEC code. You can find this on ONET online. If you just put that into your search browser, go to ONET online interest profiler and you can get your of RISIC code. I love the MBTI and the 16 personalities. I'm not super competent in the Enneagram, but I know that when I read mine uh, for my type, it just hits hard every single time. And human design as well. I'm not a human design expert, um, but this is one that I think is really this amazing integration of what you see in astrology and a natal chart, as well as a more formal system. And there's a ton of people working in this space right now with human design, which is really, really cool to see. And then, of course, I'm a professional astrologer. I use the natal chart for just about everything nowadays. It's hard for me to speak about anything without referring to astrology and specifically how your natal chart influences, uh, you know, what you feel called to do, what your sense of purpose is, the work environments that you want to find yourself in, the types of people that you work for, the type of leader or boss that you can be. Um, you know, all of these things are found through vocational astrology in the natal chart. So that's pillar number one. Understand who you are and what you need. 
The second pillar, the second responsibility that every employee and job candidate is responsible for, invest in professional development. Invest in professional development. Now that you have figured out your strengths, now that you have aligned yourself with a career pathway, now that you know what your values are, you owe it to yourself to develop that. And there's a few different ways to do this. You know, one thing that a lot of people say is, you know, going back to school. And that's that's an opportunity. That's a pathway. I'm someone with multiple degrees. And so, you know, that aligns with my preferences, but also my access points and my willingness to, you know, assume student debt and whatnot. That doesn't have to be it for everyone. There are tons of ways to do continuous learning or, you know, in Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, this is the seventh habit of sharpening the saw. Um, it's making sure that you are finding realistic and accessible ways to continue developing and working on those uh, qualities in you, your strengths, your skills, your talents, all of those things. So formal education is definitely an opportunity, pursuing like formal, structured, traditional education. But you can also find mentors. You can find free online courses. You can work with coaches. Um, you know, you can find different certification programs. There is so much available to us now. I say all of the time. This is the best time to be alive. Like the, the age of technology best time to be alive every single you know moment in history had its ups and its downs but for me man I cannot live in a world where I can't just go look something up the second I'm curious about it and find numerous resources that will teach me about that it's easier than ever to educate yourself um, and to find opportunities to learn more and again, sharpen that saw, like use those strengths, uh, have discussions around those values, upskill, all of these things. But this is something that you are absolutely responsible for. This is one of those areas where it is kind of gray because, you know, I work in human resources and right now I'm actually part of the learning and development space within human resources. And there is, there was a study put out recently. Oh, dang it. I should have pulled this up before I started recording this episode. Um, but there was a, a study that came out recently that was talking about that job seekers, I, I, I posted about this on LinkedIn and on my Instagram if you want to go find it, but a lot of people are leaving their jobs and seeking new employment opportunities where there is better career development. There are better growth opportunities um, for those employees. And so this is a huge value that we know is coming up for people as they're you know engaging in the great reshuffling and restructuring and, and moving jobs um, is that they want development pathways. They want growth opportunities. But, you know, whose job is that? Is it the employers or is it the employees? Listen to me, it's both. Because the way that an individual approaches career development is different than the way your company is going to address career development. An individual, you have to have step number one. Your employer is not going to do that for you. Your employer is not, well, some will, but they're not going to prioritize uh like self-education assessments for an entire organization of people. That will happen in pockets. But when they think about career development, they're thinking about the nine box. They're thinking about succession planning. Uh, they're thinking about, you know, where's the future of our business taking us and what training or skills do our employees need for us to get there and for us to hit these OKRs. As an individual, you're thinking at a much more personal level. You're not thinking about how can I grow the company. You're thinking about how do I grow myself. 
And so this is really, you know, your employer needs to be providing these opportunities for your own professional development. We know this because that's what job seekers are looking for as they're making career decisions. But you really need to own this for yourself as well. Okay, this is this is one that it could fall under both the employer and the employee responsibility. But instead of waiting around for someone to take your career into their hands, you need to take ownership over it, which actually falls really closely into the third responsibility and the third pillar um, of my ebook, Professional Alchemy. Take ownership over your career choices. This is one that I get a lot of pushback on and is probably one of the most difficult because we start to explore these more difficult areas, these gray areas of privilege and access points. And, you know, how hard am I supposed to work? And this is where we start going into this, you know, we work in a patriarchal, capitalistic society and not everyone jives with that. And you can't say that it's the healthiest model of work. You know what I mean? Like, this is a really difficult area, but I think it's so absolutely important if you are going to move forward and find success in your career. Your time and attention are the most valuable resources that you have and where your attention goes, energy flows, right? So when you make this conscious choice, you practice giving awareness to the agency that you have in your life. And then it becomes easier to recognize all of the choices that you make or that you refuse to make. And in this part of my book, I actually reference planned happenstance, which is a theory developed by Crumboltz in 2008. This is one that when I first learned about it, I did not like it because it's this idea that it's okay to not always have a plan, that as long as you are consistently curious and willing to adapt your career to strategy, then you find that you know you you have success, you explore these opportunities. And when I first heard this, I was like, no. <laughs> no, I hate that. I don't like it at all. Um, because I have a Capricorn stellium. I am very, very Capricorn. I have a strong J preference in the MBTI. I am someone who is rigid and structured. You guys, I'm such a nerd that in high school, I was part of the organization Future Business Leaders of America. And as a 16-year-old kid, what I did for fun was I competed in job interview and resume. I say that I've been writing resumes professionally since 2017, but team, I've been writing resumes in a competitive fashion since I was 16 years old. I've been practicing. <laughs> I feel like such a dork saying this out loud, but I, I just want to reiterate this point. Like I am someone who gives a fuck about the world of work and career, and I always, always have, and I spend a lot of energy and time researching this stuff and thinking about it. So when I'm writing this ebook and when I'm sharing this, you know, these podcast episodes, it's not just a flavor of the month thing for me. Like I have dedicated myself to this, which is why when I reached any level of success in my own career, it was like, I worked hard for this. You know what I mean? Like I, I just spent a ton of time. I didn't have friends. I worked hard my entire freaking life, always trying to get to the next level of achievement, to get into school, to get into a better school, to get into internships, to do all these things. 
And so to be introduced to plant happenstance where it felt very like go with the flow. It's very mutable is what it is. It's very uh, mutable energy of, you know, that more Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarian, Piscean quality of just like flowing with it and going with it and chasing curiosity that you will still get there and you will find success. It's this idea that, you know, all things happen for a reason. It's kind of like planned happenstance of you know, you get laid off, but then you end up having a better opportunity come your way. Or you are out to eat at a restaurant and you tell the hostess that you really love this place and they mention that they're hiring and you end up getting a job there. Or something like that. It's 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 taking advantage of these random moments and opportunities. Um, that the idea that you could be just as successful just by being changeable and flexible, It I had a strong aversion to it at first until I started to see the truth of it in my own life that even though um, I was working very, very hard, I was still able to find and discover access points just by being adaptable and by being curious. And this is where that kind of uh, cloudy conversation of privilege comes because we have to talk about that, right? Like we have to discuss that some people have more privilege and more access than others. And Having more privilege and greater access does not guarantee that you will have greater joy and fulfillment with your job, right? But we still have to have this conversation. And really, like, you you take ownership and you take accountability for your choices when you acknowledge your privilege. And I don't want to say acknowledge the lack thereof, although that's a piece of this conversation as well that, you know, I, I talk about with my clients. But you really want to think about what are my privilege points because everyone has some level of privilege. So how do you leverage whatever amount of privilege and access that you have? It starts with taking ownership over your decisions. Everyone has some access of um, access point. Everyone has some level of privilege, but you have to acknowledge it and own it and start figuring out how to leverage it. And if you're not doing it, you have to acknowledge that you have been sleeping on it. This is the part that's really hard for people, I think, because it's really easy to fall into the, I don't want to use this word, but I can't think of another one. It's really easy to fall into the like victim mentality. It's really easy to feel like the world is against me. Nothing ever works the way that I want it to. And this is actually... You know, candidly, this is kind of the mentality around work that I feel like I was raised around and that a lot of the authority figures in my life had this type of mentality of, I have to do this. I wanted to do this, but I have to do this. And I don't even get to do it the way that I want to because I have to do it this way. And, you know, to be fair, some jobs are just more highly regulated than other ones, right? Not everyone can work in technology where there's a ton of opportunity for innovation and progressive work styles. Um, but when you get stuck in that mentality, when you get stuck in that perspective of, uh, you know, I, I just have to do this, you know, you could say like, you know, corporate environments suck. Capitalism sucks. Entrepreneurship is too hard. Uh, you know, nonprofits are too high burnout, whatever it is, you could, you could come up with a tagline, a negative mentality, a negative outlook tagline for any industry, any job title, right? 
But if you find yourself stuck there and refusing to acknowledge your own choice in the situation, then it's really hard to move beyond that. You have the choice to invest in yourself or not. You have the choice to explore your own unique strengths and values and gifts and skills or not. You have the choice to show up to work every day or not. Someone, I don't remember which video it was, but one of my TikTok videos, this is just coming up in my memory as I'm saying this. One of my TikTok videos, someone left this comment about something of, you talk about work as if we have a choice. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean as if you have a choice? And he's like, isn't it uh, like universally known that we are obligated to participate in capitalism if we want a roof over our head? And you know, yeah, kind of. We need money right? We need money in order to have access to home and shelter and food and, you know, other things which are necessary to sustain our life in a traditional and comfortable way. But it's definitely your choice on how you engage with it, isn't it? It's definitely your choice on how you show up to work. It's your choice on the types of jobs that you look at. You know, in a previous episode, I was talking about what people get wrong with their job search. And I mentioned that they don't recognize how little they know about the world of work. They pick a pathway. This is what someone said I was good at when I was little. So this is the career pathway that I started to explore. No one ever told me to do anything different. I was maybe even celebrated for exploring it. So I just keep doing it. And now I am bitter and I am pissed off because it doesn't matter how stable my paycheck feels or how much praise I get from the people around me, I don't feel good about it. And so now I am jaded and I blame everyone else around me. I blame capitalism. I blame the patriarchy. I blame, you know, the government or the country, or I blame my mom and my dad. I blame my teachers. I blame whatever. And I'm not saying that those pieces, that those external pieces don't have a hand in it. But again, you don't have control over those things. You only have control over yourself. And that's what we're talking about in this episode. That's what I'm talking about in my ebook. And that's honestly, frankly, what I would do with clients. I'm, there are people out there who do this in their offerings. I'm not one of those people that's trying to form a rebellion and to try to completely dismantle systems and structures. I believe that change happens within individuals. If anyone is listening to this and they start to just start to recognize that I am making a choice. I am making choices every day to show up to my job, to apply to these types of jobs, to invest in myself in these ways. If you can start recognizing that choice, it's it, again, it becomes easier to acknowledge those access points and those privilege points. It gets a bit easier to be mutable, to be flexible and adaptable and curious about the world of work and about job search. And then all of a sudden you have tons of opportunities. And you have tons of options. When you start realizing just how many choices you have to make for your career, you realize that you actually have a lot of room to influence your career as well. So let's end with the fourth responsibility and the final pillar of professional alchemy. Number four, provide loving service. I quote Rumi here again. It's one of my absolute favorite quotes. I read it in a book by Parker J. Palmer, who is this incredible, more contemplative career, purposey type author. And I just, I love their work. But the quote from Rumi, work is love made visible. And I believe that to my 
core. The key is to balance truth that you have hardship and challenge in your life with feeling empowered to be an active player in your life. You need to remember and honor that you do have challenges and hardships, right? Because it's part of your karma and therefore your life's purpose. In astrology, this is where we start talking about the North Node as well as the Sixth House. These areas of purpose and the connection point to the service that you provide to others. You know, typically... We have this pain point. We have this challenge that we experience pretty early on in our lives, like as children. And it's this wound that we experience, this, this deep-rooted insecurity or difficulty or, you know, trauma. It could be big T, little t, trauma that we experience. And we spend the rest of our lives trying to heal this in others. This is also a bit of that Chiron energy, right? The, the asteroid Chiron in our charts. And so in my book, I use my own personal story. I'm going to do that here as well. Um, you know, I have had a pretty privileged life. I am very like middle class. I am Caucasian. In the area that I grew up, I belong to the dominant religion. Everyone around me looked like me. Uh, people knew my parents. Um, I had, I had a lot of privilege, you know, I had books everywhere growing up and I had friends and, you know, community and I don't remember wanting for a lot growing up. But again, everyone still has these challenges and these difficulties. And one of mine was that, uh, I wanted to be loved and respected if I showed up authentically. There were these moments where... I would start to just be a little different, I guess, be a little out there. And, you know, you hear things like, why can't you just be like so-and-so? Why can't you be friends with these kids? Actually, the people that I was friends with, I got criticism about quite a lot now that I'm remembering it. Like, I feel like a lot of what stands out to me in my childhood is um, my friends were never good enough. I remember my friends would like or my, par- my parents or, you know, my siblings or other authority figures would be like, why are you friends with so-and-so? Um, you know, why, why can't you be friends with these people? Why can't you be more like these people? And it was so hard because it seemed so obvious to me, like, because I don't want to, <laughs> because I don't resonate with these people, because I don't get along with them, because I don't feel good about myself when I'm around them. Like, I don't know, like, why, why can't it just be okay that I am who I am and that I'm friends with who I'm friends with? And this insecurity started to root itself so deeply in my own psychology that it's something that I actually still, I don't want to say I struggle with, but I have to be conscious of it. That I start um, thinking about my peer group and the people that I'm spending time with. And I instantly start wondering, like, will my parents like them? Would people be proud that I'm spending time with them or, or something like that? And You know, I'm 32 now, so it's not as big of an issue, but it's something that for a long time I did struggle with. But so now, I mean, is it any surprise that a big part of my platform and things that I try to do is to help others embrace their own authenticity and to form a community around people who feel a bit quirky? 
you know, hi, I'm that random person that works in corporate and professional environments, but I have astrologer in my headline on LinkedIn, which feels the total opposite of professional and workplace appropriate. You know, I, I have these like weird quirky things about me. I'm in a really conservative state and I'm pretty heavily tattooed. You know, it's things like that where I push so hard to have my own sense of authenticity because it felt like a wound I developed when I was younger. And now that's part of what I do. This is part of the loving service that I give. And I called it loving service because something that I've learned in my time being a vocational astrologer and working in career development spaces is that not everyone is meant to have a career where they fully explore their passion through it. For some people, passion is merely a hobby and what they do for work is something entirely different. But I think that regardless of if you're doing it for a paycheck or if you're just doing it outside of work, once you have figured out what your pain point is and you align your strengths and your skills and your values in the name of, you know, honoring that wound and trying to help others resolve this wound then you need to pursue that. You know, this is part of that investing in professional development. You need to get good at it and you need to find as many opportunities as possible to solve that problem and to heal that wound. You can donate your time, you know, your energy. You can share your gifts with people. Um, but this is how you fill your cup. You know, this is when people say, you know, you can't keep pouring from an empty cup. Well, this is how you fill it up. It's not just about taking bubble baths until you're wrinkly and pruny. It's about finding those opportunities that fill your soul with joy so that the river can flow through you, right? So that you can pour out into others. I'm just hearing such Aquarian language. I'm thinking about, you know, I am an Aquarius rising. I keep using these words like authenticity and that's such an Aquarian, you know, quality. Um, and as I'm saying that, you know, pouring out from you, if you have a tarot practice that you know that in the major arcana in more traditional decks, then the star card, which is associated with the zodiac sign of Aquarius, is depicted by a woman pouring water from a pot into a river. And it's this idea of an individual pours their own knowledge and their own expertise into a a river of consciousness or a river of, you know, community and it will, you know, universally flow out and around to all of the other people in that environment and it will nourish everyone around them. And I feel like, you know, this ebook that I wrote is my very Aquarian way of healing this wound that I myself experienced. But again, I feel like I am someone that I feel like I am aligned like I have it figured out and this could change but man I'm on the end of my Saturn return and I've been through a lot of formal education I've been through a lot of industry experience but I've also been through a lot of my own personal work and going through all of these four responsibilities myself to kind of figure it out you know what I mean like understand who you are and what you need Goddamn, I've done the work there I have done the work there, so I know just how impactful it can be. And I also am keenly aware of how it makes a difference to understand who you are and what you need and then figure out how to communicate that to others and apply it in a career context. Investing in professional development, 
sweethearts. I got like 16 initials after my name and that's not the only way to do it, but that aligns with my preferences. Like the investment has been made, taking ownership over your career choices. Again, this one was difficult for me, but once you start acknowledging all of the choices that you make, you realize just how much influence you have, I'm telling you. And then providing loving service to others, you know, find those opportunities to give back to other people, to pour out into your community. This is the age of Aquarius. When I talk about, you know, co-creating the future of work in the age of Aquarius, that's what it is. It's about pouring yourself out into communities to help heal these wounds that we've all received and to find others who resonate with you and your work and the problems that you want to solve to do that, to make the world a better place, to make it more, you know, utopian. Um, this is something that I really believe in. So I'm going to read some of the journal prompts that I included at the end of my ebook um, that will just give you something to chew on and something to think about. Uh, you know, number one, what do you love to do? When was the last time that you felt joy? What have you always been drawn to? Number two, how do you learn? What do you wish you were better at? Who do you want to learn from? Number three, what was the most difficult decision you've had to make in your career? How did you make that decision? And what was the outcome? What decisions do you need to make right now? Number four, who do you like to work with? Think about like what age are they? What do they value? What do they need? And how can you help them? I'm going to finish this podcast episode with a quote from one of my favorite astrologers, one who really had a huge role in shaping the astrologer that I am today. And I actually took her course on vocational astrology. And it's very much how I ground myself in my astrological practice, Kelly Surtees. She said, not all of us have the pleasure of doing what we love for our career, but everyone deserves to do work that fits with their strengths aligns with their values and in a structure that we feel safe and protected by and that's just something that I believe in to my core and again is part of what inspired me to start offering vocational astrology to you know open my business um, as well as to write and publish this ebook and in the future when you know I have some bandwidth and I likely start offering more formal coaching programs you know, that will be my guiding light and what I, you know, what I aim to achieve when I'm working with clients. You know, there are an infinite number of jobs for people to do. And that's because there are an infinite number of problems that need to be solved in the world. And that's all that jobs are, even though a lot more goes on at the office. And of course, we can talk about that too, because I am a trained and licensed career counselor. And I love talking about uh, people's experiences at work and in the workplace. I use my HR acumen to strategize ways to move past those challenges or to jump ship and find yourself a new job, homie. So if this is resonating with you, you can check out my website. You can consider purchasing my ebook, um, but definitely connect with me on other platforms because I share different pillars all the time and different ideas and resources. And so again, you know, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, 
Um, of course, here on the podcast, you can join my mailing list as well. You can look for the sign up page on the homepage of my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com. If you like this episode, please consider giving me a five star rating and sharing it with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Again, if you are interested to learn more about professional alchemy, check out my ebook. It's available for purchase at the store on my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com. If you have ideas for future episodes or more that you want to learn from me, connect with me on some of my other social media platforms and let me know in my direct messages.